0: It's been more than six years since the Great Recession began, yet water-cooler conversations about the economy are still mired in doubt and uncertainty. Sure enough, the economic recovery has taken what feels like an eternity, especially to those who are still having trouble finding employment. But is that just a consequence of how deep the recession was? Or have we been hamstrung in our attempts to climb out? Hello and welcome to Harvard Kennedy School PolicyCast. I'm your host, Matt Cadwallader, and today we're joined by Jeffrey Frankel, James W. Harpel, Professor of Capital Formation and Growth here at HKS, Professor Fankel, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Matt. So, since the economy bottomed out, we've seen only tepid growth. What's been holding us back?
1: Well, the bottom, as you uh, indicate, was uh, back in in uh, two thousand and nine, uh, and. It doesn't feel uh, like a very good recovery to most people. One point, of course, is that the recession was very severe, very deep uh, at, its, uh, at, at the trough at the, at the bottom, the worst recession uh, that the United States has had since the 1930s, as, as a consequence of its origin in a in failure of financial markets. But even relative to that, many people uh, view the recovery uh, as uh, disappointing. It's, it's, the growth has been slower than is uh, usual for a, for a recovery, and unemployment is coming down only very, very painfully slowly. Um, there are a variety of uh, likely reasons for that. I, I guess m- my view is that um, the most obvious reason for a disappointingly slow recovery is uh, that we have really had a dysfunctional fiscal policy over the last uh, three years or so in this country.
0: By dysfunctional, are you referring to the policies that have been adopted or the process that's led us to you know these repeated shutdowns over or showdowns over the debt and budget.
1: Well, the uh, these, these success, su- succession of showdowns that we've had are certainly a big part of, the, of what I mean uh, of the problem with fiscal policy, the dysfunctionality. So that includes the uh, the, the, the several debt ceiling uh, showdowns and the, uh, the fiscal cliff uh, that we were staring at a year ago and the uh, sequestration and especially the, the government shutdown. Um, I would say uh, closely related is the uncertainty created by those things. I mean, each of those was in some sense a solved uh, Uh, either at the last minute or within a few weeks after uh, we went over the cliff, um, so that the immediate effect wasn't that devastating. But uh, it's certainly been a terrible climate in terms of uh, the uncertainty uh, that it creates, which I think has been a negative factor for uh, business investment and for for firms to uh, hire people. But also, just even aside from that, We have been undergoing a contractionary fiscal policy, cutting spending. It's really pretty uh, uh, unusual for uh, the U.S. to cut so aggressively during a recession. When times when when the economy is weak, Uh, as uh, John Maynard Keynes uh, famously said, the time for austerity at the Treasury is during the boom, uh, not the uh, not the the, the downturn. And that is what we did in the 1990s. We successfully cut the rate of growth of spending, and uh, so that. fell below taxes. In other words, we started running large budget surpluses and we did that at a time when the economy was strong, which is the right time to do it.
0: But in the decade before the recession hit, the government ran fairly large deficits. Creating a significant debt burden that made any spending during the recession even more difficult to fathom.
1: So, I mean, actually, the Great Recession was uh, was preceded by precisely a seven years of rising spending and uh, and tax cuts uh, from 2001 to 2007, not, uh, not 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 10 years. And um, you know, it's an it, it's an important distinction. I don't, so much of the public uh, debate is phrased in terms of are you in, are you in favor of uh, Keynesian stimulus, or are you an Austerian? Are you in favor of fiscal responsibility? That's how the conservatives talk about it. That's also how the liberals talk about it. That's how the press talks about it. But in my view, that's the wrong way to talk about it. Um, I, in, in my view, the relevant distinction is between uh, people who uh, believe and and and, and live. Uh, counter-cyclical fiscal policy and people who uh, enact pro-cyclical fiscal policy. So what I mean by uh, pro-cyclical is if you increase spending and cut taxes during the boom, uh, the way we did between 2001 and 2007, and then you turn around and cut them during a recession, uh, as as we've also been doing over the last three years, that's pro-cyclical policy. It's exaggerating the swings in the business cycle. And then it's reversing the process exactly when the economy needs it. So it's exaggerating the swings. I think what we want is, if anything, counter-cyclical policy. As I mentioned, using the the periods of expansion uh, to um, when the economy is strong, that's when you uh, can cut the rate of growth of government spending and, and if necessary, uh, raise taxes or certainly allow tax revenue to go up and run, run surpluses. And then that allows you to uh, run deficits when there's, a, when there's a recession. So, I mean, the United States and other advanced countries used to get this right on average. I mean, sometimes we'd be a little slow. You know, by the time uh, the, the Kennedy tax cut was enacted, for example, in 1964, the recession that was already over and it came too late. But on average, we used to get this right. We used to undertake uh, a little fiscal stimulus when the economy was weak and then make it up when the economy was strong. Since the turn of the century, uh, many politicians have got it exactly backwards, have been following this pro-cyclical policy of uh, saying deficits don't matter. When we're in a boom, that this is going to go on forever, so we don't have to worry. Then they suddenly get religion when uh, there's a recession and say, "Oh my God, look at what's happening to debt. We have to, uh, we have to uh, undertake drastic actions right away."
0: But we still do have a long-term debt problem, especially regarding growing healthcare costs. Um, do you see a point when we can transition to a more countercyclical spending model? Um, we do have a long-term debt
1: problem. It's uh, long-term in a number of respects. Uh, one of those is that it's not a problem now. The budget deficit has been coming down amazingly sharply, actually, over the last few years. It's fallen by uh, more than half. And, and the ratio of debt to GDP has been coming down. But that's now. And uh, next decade, uh, in the 2020s, and especially in the next few decades, uh, the projections are uh, for the uh, deficit and the, and the debt to GDP ratio, uh, which is a usual measure of these things to start rising again and that's because of uh, the costs of uh, Medicare and Social Security associated with um, with uh, aging, the retirement of the baby boom generation. So it's long term in the sense that it's predictable. I mean, the healthcare part is is a little unpredictable. It, 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 we used to think it always went up, but the last few years, healthcare costs uh, uh, have been uh, have, have been much more moderate than expected. But mm-hmm. you know, the one thing you can predict pretty confidently is we all get older at the rate of about one year per <laughs> annum. So uh, the baby boom generation uh, is retiring now, and and uh, that is going to create uh, big deficits and, and debts and in, uh, in, uh, out. So that is something to uh, focus on. And I, I don't uh, advocate waiting until it comes. I mean, it's, uh, I, I think uh, we need to enact certain measures today to address it. But it's also long term that we've known about this <laughs> for a very long time. It's been predictable for, predicted for a, a very long time. This isn't something that just happened. So I don't quite understand those people who uh, give, uh, you know, impassioned, urgent lectures about the need to uh, cut the budget de- immediately uh, when, uh, you know, five years ago, uh, you know, Vice President Richard Cheney, for example, was saying that Reagan showed that deficits don't matter uh, and uh, and so on. Because it is it is a, a, a long-term uh, issue that we've seen coming for a few decades.
0: So what do you see happening over the next couple of years and with the recovery?
1: Well, I mean, at the moment, things are looking up. Uh, first, uh, I expect that in, in the year which is starting as we're, we're speaking in, in uh, um, January 2014, I think things are looking up because there's a good reason to think for the first time in four years, Congress is not going to be an active obstacle, is not going to uh, uh, adopt a, – a, fiscal policies that are so dysfunctional that they actually uh, uh, dra- hold the economy back put a drag on the economy now we're not going to get the uh, you know kind of dream uh, uh, package um, that, mo- that most of us have always been uh, uh, hoping for which is a, uh, a the grand bargain a grand bargain which right. would take the best of uh, you know both sides which would address the short-term uh, needs of the economy in terms of rebuilding infrastructure and you know spending some money on on uh, education and uh, uh, all the rest of it um, at the uh, – and, and, and having uh, lower-income workers included in tax cuts rather than just ri- upper-income workers. Um, but, but combine that with really serious measures, and I don't mean speeches, um, that would lock in a return to fiscal responsibility in the long term. That's mm-hmm. the combination that we would like. But what we've had in the last few years is exact opposite of that, exact opposite of that, um, doing absolutely nothing about the long-term entitlements uh, uh, problem, and yet uh, – uh, and the last time we had a change in entitlements uh, the the prescription drug benefits and uh, t- t- ten years ago we made made it worse um, and yet uh, having uh, uh in the short term uh, f- without accomplishing anything really for the long term fiscal problem uh having cuts that have uh, 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 Seen the federal workforce and state and local workforce go down. Employment's been falling in the in the government sector, and output's been falling in the government sector. And even without any kind of Keynesian multipliers or anything else, that alone is this is about a percentage point on on uh, GDP. So we've we've had exactly the wrong combination. Uh, the grand bargain would be uh, t- uh, taking the taking the, the the point of the supposed conservatives that we need to address the long term entitlements problems together with the um, the. Point of the supposed liberals that we need short-term stimulus. Now we're not going to see that, uh, but at least I I think we're uh, this year not going to see more serious uh, uh, fears of uh, government shutdowns and debt ceilings and uh, and uh, the the rest of that. And 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 relative to uh, the last three years, we're not going to see strong cuts in, in in spending. So just. Getting out of the way, just not being an obstacle uh, for Congress will be a big step forward. And and I'm hopeful that will mean that this year we'll finally have growth of uh, 3% or more.
0: Well, Professor Jeffrey Frankel, thank you so much for being on PolicyCast today. You're very welcome. You've been listening to HKS PolicyCast, a production of Harvard Kennedy School. Hear more interviews at hks.harvard.edu slash policycast. And join the conversation on Twitter at hashtag policycast.